Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's story time with Buster. It's Saturday night. We are uh, chapter 15 of Rick Joyner's The Call. Uh, we're going to get close to finishing this. This is a pretty short little chapter, too, and I don't want to jam things up, so I'm just going to do this short chapter tonight, uh, be a little bit um, lighter, maybe a little bit less time, uh, and then we'll, I think, finish maybe next week. So with that, chapter 15 of The Call, Worship in Spirit. As I listened to wisdom, it was difficult to comprehend anyone, even this great cloud of witnesses, desiring authority or position in his presence. It seemed that in every moment I had spent here, he had become greater in glory and authority, and I knew that my vision of him was still limited. Just as the universe was obviously expanding at a great pace, and the vastness of it was already incomprehensible, our revelation of him would likewise be expanding for eternity. How could mere humans ever represent you? I questioned. When my father moves his little finger, the whole universe trembles. To shake the nations with your words does not impress anyone who dwells here. But when even the least of my brethren on earth shows love, it brings joy to my father's heart. When even the most humble church sings to my father with true love in their hearts, he silences all of heaven to listen to them. He knows that one cannot help but to worship when they are beholding his glory here. But when those who are living in such darkness and difficulty sing with true hearts to him, it touches him more than all of the myriads of heaven can. Many times the broken notes from the earth caused all of heaven to weep with joy as they beheld my father being touched. A few holy ones struggling to express their adoration for him has many times caused him to weep. Every time I see my brethren touch him with true worship, it makes the pain and grief I knew on the cross seem like a small price to pay. Nothing brings me more joy than when you worship my Father. I went to the cross so that you could worship him through me. It is in this worship that you, the Father, and I are all one. Of all that I had yet experienced, the emotion coming from the Lord as he told me this was greater than I had ever experienced. He was not weeping or laughing. His voice was steady. But what he was telling me about worship came from such depths within him that it was almost more than I could take. I knew that I was hearing the deepest love of the Son of God to see his Father's joy. True worship from the embattled, struggling believers on earth could do this like nothing else could. For the first time, I now badly wanted to leave that place, even with all of its glory, just to get into even the most dreary little worship service on earth. I was overwhelmed by the fact that we could actually touch the Father. One person who worshipped him from the earth during these dark times meant more to the Father than the millions and millions who worshipped him in heaven. From earth, we could touch his heart at this time like we might never be able to do again. I was so overtaken by this that I did not even realize I had fallen prostrate. I then fell into something like a deep sleep. I saw the Father. Millions and millions were attending him. His glory was so great and the power of his presence was so awesome that I felt that the whole earth would not even have measured as a grain of sand before him. When I had once heard his audible voice, I felt like an atom standing before the sun. But when I saw him, I knew that the sun was like an atom before him. The galaxies were like curtains around him. His robe was composed of millions and millions of living stars. Everything in his presence was living. His throne, his crown, his scepter. I knew that I could dwell before him forever and never cease to marvel. 
There was no higher purpose in the universe than to worship him. Then the father became intent on one thing. All of heaven seemed to stop and watch. He was beholding the cross. The son's love for his father, which he continued to express through all of the pain and the darkness then coming upon him, touched the father so deeply that he began to quake. When he did, heaven and earth quaked. When the father closed his eyes, heaven and earth grew dark. The emotion of the father was so great that I do not think I could have survived if I had beheld this scene for more than the brief moment that I did. Then I was in a different place, beholding a worship service in a little church building. As sometimes happens in prophetic experience, I just seemed to know everything about everyone in the, in the battle little room. All were experiencing severe trials in their lives, but they were not even thinking of them here. They were not praying about their needs. They were all trying to compose song of thanksgiving to the Lord. They were happy, and, they were, and their joy was sincere. I saw heaven, and all of heaven was weeping. I then saw the Father again. I knew why heaven was weeping. They were weeping because of the tears in the eyes of the Father. This little group of seemingly beaten down, struggling people had moved God so deeply that he wept. They were not tears of pain, but of joy. When I saw the love that he felt for these few worshipers, I could not contain my own tears. Nothing I had experienced gripped me more than this scene. Worshiping the Lord on earth was now more desirable to me than dwelling in all of the glory of heaven. I knew that I had been given a message that could help prepare the saints for the battles that remained on earth. But now, this did not mean nearly as much to me as trying to convey how we could touch the Father. Genuine adoration expressed by even the most humble believer on earth could cause all of heaven to rejoice. But even more than that, it touches the Father. This is why the angels would get, rather be given charge over a single believer on the earth than to be given authority over many galaxies of stars. I saw Jesus standing next to the Father, beholding the joy of the Father as he watched the little prayer meeting. He turned to me and said, This is why I went to the cross. Giving my Father joy for just one moment would have been worth it all. Your worship can cause him joy every day. Your worship, when you are in the midst of difficulties, touches him even more than all of the worship in heaven. Here, where his glory is seen, the angels cannot help but to worship. When you worship without seeing his glory in the midst of your trials, that is worship in the Spirit and in truth. The Father seeks such to be his worshipers. Do not waste your trials. Worship the Father, not for what you will receive, but to bring him joy. You will never be stronger than when you bring him joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow, I told you, <laughs> this is going to be a, pass a, a, a very passionate, very powerful piece uh, of this book, Worship in Spirit. Uh, the fact that our simple worship brings joy to the, to, to the Father, uh, to the point that it stops heaven. Think about that for a minute. The fact that, that our simple worship, our true desire to worship the Lord, brings such joy in heaven that it stops heaven in its tracks. What a powerful, powerful piece. I pray that you listen to this deeply in your spirit. I pray that you learn to worship through your trial, not so that you gain something from it, but for, so the fact, simple fact is that you move heaven. What a powerful thought that as we worship and our little church services come tomorrow morning, that the, the Father, the God of all creation will be standing and listening, silencing heaven to listen to our worship. What a powerful thought. Worship in spirit and in truth. 
don't don't put on a dog and pony show tomorrow. Don't don't try to impress anybody tomorrow. Simply bring a broken and contrite spirit before the Lord. Humble yourself before him and just worship him for who he is and and see what happens. I believe that in the midst of true worship, the worship of of, of in spirit and in truth will set captives free even on our little services. Last week in our own church service, in the midst of worship, the Holy Spirit fell so strongly. I brought a message out of that, and, 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 I've, and I've used it right here on this podcast. The, the fact that God's with us. He's right in our midst. All we have to do is reach out to Him. How do we reach out to Him? Through worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, we will probably finish this book next week. Um, possibly. We may break this next chapter up, uh, for that matter. But uh, we're almost to the end of the call. I pray that you are enjoying this, and I pray more than anything that God is moving you to, to a passionate place with Him, that you're learning and growing and strengthening your spirit in Him. Amen. God bless you guys. Rhonda and I love you. We are praying for an outpouring of God's Spirit. I believe that this is our year. I believe something's going to happen in our lives as we surrender to Him and as we allow God to move in us, as we worship Him in spirit and truth, and we move heaven. He, in turn, will give us the promises that He has written about. We love you. God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.